when Ananias put his hands on Paul's head, or Saul's head, immediately things like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. I'm going to say something that might be a little bit hard to understand. We are all, to one extent, to some extent, we are all blind. We do not see clearly. And of course, I'm not talking about our physical sight. Without my glasses, I am quite blind, but I'm not talking about that kind of blindness. I'm talking about a spiritual kind of blindness. We are unaware of who we are, who others are, and who God is. As a priest, <laughs> I, I almost laugh out loud when someone comes to me in confession, and the confession begins in this way. Well, Father, I really try to be a good person. I laugh to myself because what would the alternative be? Are you trying to be a bad person, right? Who would rightfully say, I, Father, I really try and do the worst thing possible all the time. Of course, you're trying to be a good person. But we're not here in confession to talk about how good we are. <laughs> we're here in confession to admit, Father, I've really messed up. Jesus has loved me so much, and I have repaid him so little love. I've betrayed that love in one way or another. So here is the deal. Saul, who then goes on to become Paul, one of the most powerful evangelists the church has ever known, was actively doing totally the wrong thing. He was not being a good person. But by his religion standards, being a faithful Jew, he was trying to suppress the followers of Jesus because he saw that as a threat. He saw it as heretical. That is to say, something that was not true about God. And so he made it his life's mission to basically eliminate any members of this new church, even to the extent of having them killed or, being, or accepting other people stoning someone to death. We heard earlier in the Acts of the Apostles that Stephen was stoned to death and everyone placed their coats at the feet of Saul, who consented to his killing. If you would ask Saul in this moment, he would say, I basically feel like I'm a good person. Not only am I a good person, I think I'm a very good person because I'm doing what God is asking me to do. Little did he know how blind he was, and it took him actually being blinded by the light that God showed on him for him and then to have someone pray over him, someone that he should have been arresting and that he would have wanted to put it to death. It took him praying over Saul for the scales to fall off his eyes for him to see who he really was, a sinner. It is a really difficult thing to realize, but it's ultimately a really good thing to realize that we're sinners. None of us are perfect. And if we come before God and we start talking about how good we are and how we're basically trying to be good people, look out. <laughs> look out. We're heading in the wrong direction. Yes, we acknowledge the Lord has given us certain gifts and he has put goodness into us. We are good. We are his beloved sons and daughters. But we are lying if we say we have basically been only good morally. We've only done good things because we haven't. We've all fallen and it is a grace, it is a gift to be able to say, God, I'm a sinner, but I know you want to forgive me. The only thing preventing him from forgiving us 
is actually admitting that we've done wrong and asking for an apology, basically apologizing to God. That is the only thing preventing us from actually being good people in the moral sense of the term. To go to God who we have hurt, to go to others who we have hurt and say, I'm really sorry. As opposed to blaming other people for the mistakes that we've made or blaming our circumstances, we say, Lord, you have been so good to me and I have spit on your gift. I have not respected your gift. So we might be tempted to say, I'm basically a good person, God. I steal occasionally. I use curse words. I watch things that aren't good for me. I listen to things that aren't good for me. I talk back to my parents. I disrespect them. I lie to them. I do things that are inappropriate with people of the opposite sex. I do all of these things, but God, I'm basically a good person. At what point do you become not a good person? That's what I want to know. Is it only if we commit murder that we've become bad people? No, (laughs) we are sinners if we've done any of these things. We are sinners if we've done any of these things. And this is not a lecture to talk about how terrible we are. No, it's just to know who we are in truth. We are sinners. Therefore, we need to ask for forgiveness. That's the only conclusion we're making here. So just like Saul was totally blinded, but then he could see clearly, I so pray for you that you might see clearly, that we all might see clearly who we are, including the good and the bad, and we might see who God is, who is only good and who is only merciful, if only we receive that mercy into our hands. If, like Saul, we repent and we say we're sorry and we spend the rest of our life doing good and trying to be the people that God has created us to be, we too can become great evangelists. But the first step is to realize, I'm not as good as I think I am. I am not as good as I think I am. And this is a hard realization, but it is ultimately a good one because God wants to fill in the holes, the gaps that we have in our lives. We think we have to put on a face. We think we have to put on a facade where we have it all together, that we don't have any problems, that we have everything figured out, that we're tough. That's only an obstacle to realizing that we're sinners that we're poor, and that we need God. We need him so, so badly. The saints are those that don't actually think they're better and better all the time than everyone else. The saints are those that are the first to say, I am the greatest of sinners. If anyone had received what I had received from God and done what I'd done, they would consider themselves the last and the worst of people. The saints are those that are the first to recognize how miserable their condition is without God and how good he has been to them. So ultimately, I want to leave us with a place of hope. The first step is to acknowledge we have a problem, right? And the second step is to bring that to the Lord. And we do that first and foremost in confession. Every time that we say that we're sorry for our sins, being actually open, honest, and vulnerable with what we've done, receiving his mercy so that we can then be filled with Jesus who is making himself totally present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He is pouring himself out for us right now. But again, we have scales in front of our eyes and we just are not able to see it. And we fall into indifference, apathy. Maybe we just honestly just could not care less. Jesus, we pray that you deliver us from any indifference 
in our minds and our hearts. Jesus, we ask you to give us the grace to see ourselves for who we are, that we are sinners, but we are also your beloved sons and daughters. Flood us, fill us with an awareness of your love so that we might come to repentance and receive the gift of yourself that you are so eager to give to us. Jesus, remove the scales from our eyes and flood us with your Holy Spirit so that like St. Paul, we too may become great saints.